Okay, welcome back everyone to a new episode of the Irie Show. My name is Irie Harris, I am your host, I am happy to be back. Playoff basketball, baby! Super duper excited. Uh, today, I want to talk about all of the game ones from, from the last couple of days. I want to go into each round, uh, to each you know each game from each series, analyze them, look at who won, talk about why the team won, talk about what the losing team has to do if they want to stay in the series, and something I think I've, I've said previously, or maybe now I'll remind y'all again. I like to give love to every team. You know, I don't like to just talk about the same few teams like shows or other uh, radio shows or whatnot on TV do. I don't like to just talk about the Lakers or the Clippers. I like to talk about every team, you know. And when I say every team, I'm talking about not just every team in the playoffs, but even the teams going to the lottery. I'll talk about y'all sometime soon, too, all right? Every team getting love, okay? Jazz fans, I got y'all. Knicks fans, I got y'all. Hawks fans, I got y'all, all right? So, Look out for new content coming soon. It's going to be a whole lot of different topics to go into, historical and present. You know, I, I like to have fun with, uh, you know, because there's just so many things to talk about when it has to do with basketball. They're, the list is endless. Um, so look out for that. But regardless of that, I'm going to get into uh, the first game one, which is the Utah Jazz versus the Denver Nuggets. Now, the Denver Nuggets won a game 135 to 125. They won in, in overtime. Okay, Donovan Mitchell, 57 points. Wow. Spider Mitchell. I had a little song uh, coming into into the, the show. I um, Don't worry, I, I can sing somewhat, so it's not going to sound terrible. It'll be brief. Ready? Spider Mitchell, Spider Mitchell does whatever Spider Mitchell does. He can swing, he can dunk. Look out, Nuggets, he ain't no punk. Look out, it's Spider Mitchell. You know, instead of like Spider Man, you know, Spider Mitchell at the end, you you get it. Well, anyway, 57 points. Wow. Wow. Talk about starting the playoffs out with a bang. Not just individually or, or team wise. This was the first game of the playoffs. Talk about starting out with a bang. Overtime game, 57 points. Oh, wee. Yeah, Donovan went out, but uh, they they still lost. So um, not to say that the screen was a waste, but um, it didn't help in in a win. Not as fun, entirely not as fun. I'll, I'll get into that. Um, fifty-seven points, third most all time in a playoff game ever, ever. You can you can Google this if you want. When you look at the list of all the players that have scored uh fifty points or more in a playoff game, he's just some pretty good company. You know, he passed 57 points. He passed uh, a lot of Hall of Famers, a lot a lot of other uh, legends, you know. Uh, he's third all-time. The only two guys in front of him, second, would be Elgin Baylor, who recorded 61 points. And it was actually in the finals, yeah, from um, 1962, the 62 finals in a Game 5 victory. He had 61 points along with 22 rebounds. Elgin Baylor is an underappreciated legend. I hope I get to interview him one day. Um, while he's still around, you know, dive into his uh, legendary career. You know, he's a DC legend. All, all my, my, my DMV fans listening right now, Elgin Bale's a DC legend. I'd love to talk to him about that and much more with the Lakers. Um, but also, number one on the list for most points ever in a playoff game is George Truly, his airness, Michael Jordan, who did it in, eight, in the 86 first round against the Celtics. That was the same game 
Not only did he have 63, but Larry Bird was quite a saying that was God just up as Michael Jordan playing out there. And I mean, hey, that's can't can't argue with that. 63 against against the 86 Celtics. 86 Celtics is one of the best teams ever. Um, so I will I'll, I'll get into all that on another episode where I compare struggle uh, players and teams and whatnot. But anyway, 57 points. He was efficient from out there. Almost shot. He almost shot 58 percent from the field. But what did I tell y'all? With Mike Conley out, he has to take more of the scoring initiative. He was 19 for 30 from 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 the field. He took 33 shots. Okay, 33 shots. 15. Now here, here's the thing. This where I was like, yeah, because 15 of those 33 shots were three pointers. So almost, just almost half of his shots taken were three pointers. Now he's got to shoot the ball. He do, but he only makes six three pointers. He only makes six. And to be honest, quite quite frankly, that whole team didn't shoot well. You know, from the arc. That's why Donovan had to do a lot more scoring. He had 29 throughout the first three quarters. The game was tight. You know, most, most of the game. The biggest lead that the uh, the Jazz had was five. While the Nuggets, the biggest lead was 12, which would, you know, occur later on in the game. Uh, but no, he, he, had, he had to go out there and score because it kept them in the game. Now, I will say, he, he was thirsty for 30 for the line. So he got he got to the hole. You know, looking like Dwayne Wade out there, you know, drawing fouls. Uh, you know, getting, getting to the line and making them count. Okay, free throws count, guys. Free throws count. He made his free throws. Guys like Rudy Gobert didn't. Rudy Gobert was one for six on the line. My one of my AU coaches would always tell us this. Always tell us this. It's like instilled in my mind now. You know what I would say? Free throws count. Free throws count. You should be able to make sixty percent. If you were to shoot ten free throws, you should be able to make six six out of ten. He would always tell us, and it's true. It's facts. I had to sit down. Like not even sit down. I just understood it right there because it's facts. When he said that some that a lot of times, a lot of games, the um, number of free throws you make and miss can be the deciding factor. Free throws can be the deciding factor. Okay, free throws count, man. You gotta make them. Could you imagine if I mean they only lost by ten? Could you imagine if Rudy made you know all six of his free throws? How much of a different game that would have been? You know, would have brought momentum because momentum is key. Especially in the playoffs, oh my God, momentum is like, uh, you know, it, it's like it, it's like a, uh, I mean, it's it's infectious, you know, it's contagious. Aside from Donovan, who had to go out there and do a lot, he also had nine rebounds, seven assists. So let's go on paper, um, you know, fifty-seven. His supporting cast, uh, they they did what I I thought they would do coming into, into game one. Rudy Rudy Gobert, he he did what I, I thought he would. What he usually does, you know, seven, good seventeen, seven rebounds, uh, a few blocks. You know, Joe Joe Ingles, nineteen points. Joe Ingles could he could have shot better. He could have shot better. He he was six for fourteen. Uh, he was five for twelve from the arc. So pretty much almost all the shots were from uh you know the three point line. And I'm okay. I'm okay with him shooting. I'm okay with him shooting because he is is a three and D guy. He's not getting he's not getting paid out there to handle the ball, you know, to handle the rock and do, you know, and get around guys and uh penetrate the defense. He's out there to go to go shoot three pointers, drain them, and then go back on the other hand uh, the other end and play defense. We saw it a couple of years ago with Paul George. We we remember what he does, so we know what he's capable of doing. He just gotta go do it. He ain't shoot he ain't shoot too well. He he gotta do better. Joe Ingles is better than that. Um Rudy, Rudy, go going back to Rudy Gobert. So Joe Ingles, he'll do what he do. I need him to shoot better. Rudy Gobert, on the other hand, you know, he he did what he could. He handled his own uh, defensively in the paint. 
No, it wasn't the best defensive game for the whole team, but Rui did what he could going up against the Kula Jokic, Michael Porter Jr., you know, all, all those guys down there. Um, I need for him – well, Mike Collins, I need for him to dominate. I need him to dominate. And no, I'm not saying you got to go out there and get 40 and 30, you know, but instead of 17 and 7, how about you up, the, up, how about you up that up to, like, 25 points, 13 rebounds? Because he can do that. He's done it before. You know, how about, how about you go out there in game two and go get 20, uh, 25 and 15, you know? Help will the Jazz to a win, all right? And, th- and throughout the game, and you also yeah, Jordan Clarkson. Now, I won't be too hard on Jordan. I will, but I won't. You know, he, he, he comes off the bench. He's the six-man of the team, a very productive uh, six-man. You know, he, he had 18 points, which did contribute well for them. Uh, but he was he didn't shoot that well either from the arc. The biggest one of the biggest things for this team losing was their uh, lack of three point makes. They shot terribly from out there. That that's because that's gonna that's gonna be that will be one of the top two factors for them just making their shots from out there. Because we know teams teams today. Thank you to the uh, the Warriors. Teams today ha- feel like they have to shoot the three, even if it's not a part of the offense. They don't got guys that can really shoot. They're gonna force themselves to shoot the three. You know, they're going to force themselves to shoot three points. And some teams, some teams can shoot it, you know. The Rockets, famously, they live by the, by the three, die by the three. My D'Antoni's office is strictly, you know, taking three-pointers and whatnot. Um, the Jazz can shoot, though. The Jazz the jazz can get hot. They can get streaky. They can shoot. So I'm fine with them shooting. They got to make them, though. They got to make them. Defensively, they got they have to stop the Nuggets while they're in transition. They can't, they can't like, um you know, Jamal Murray, who I get to in a second, killed them the way he did. Yeah, stop him when it went in a fast break. We know that the Nuggets have length, too. Do you see, do you see, they got like three, seven footers, four, seven footers on their team. They like to dish it inside, whether it's Nicola, you know, whether it's the Joker, uh, Michael Porter Jr. They like to dish it inside. So, you know, just, just please come out making your shots, please. And please lock down defensively in the paint. Okay. Royce O'Neal. You you did what you could defensively, so I won't get you know, I won't get on you for a second. I probably will when I talk about Jamal Murray in a second. And please shoot more, please shoot more and shoot better. One for six in the field, three points. You're starting, bro. You can do better than that, man. I know you're better than that. So that's with the Jazz, and then going um, with the Nuggets. Just to talk about them real quick. Nikola Jokic did Joker things. All right, he was efficient. Twenty nine points, ten rebounds. Can't, can't even be mad. He goes up there. He does what he does. He does work. All right? He does his job. He can't be mad at the Joker, man. He he doing, he doing Joker things. Nikola's the best center in the league. I hate to say it, but right now, he he really might be the best center in the league. It may, or it could still be a tie between him and Embiid, a close tie. But I think Nikola right now might just be the best center in the league until Embiid gets in some better shape, you know, to where he's dominating. Nikola's the best right now. And then... His supporting cast. His supporting cast came through. They played better than the Jazz's supporting uh, cast, point blank. Nikola and Jamal is one of the best duels, uh, po- you know, guard, big man duels in the league. Jamal Murray got hot, especially uh, towards the end of the game. Now, he had, he had 36. He had, 30, 30, uh, he had 36 points. He got hot. He was efficient, too, man, 65% from the field. He was 6 for 9 from the yard. That boy can shoot. You know, you, you guys remember when he played at Kentucky? And uh, he would, you know, act like he had a, uh, what is it, a bone arrow and just release that. Mm. Every time they made a three, mm, just whop in your face. Whop. Jamal Murray was exceptional. And 
honestly, like for him, think about it. The Nuggets won by 10 points in overtime. Now, the Nuggets scored 20 points in total in that overtime. The Jazz scored 10. Do you want to know how many points Jamal Murray had in over in overtime alone? 10. He had as many points individually as the whole Jazz team did in overtime. He got high. He, I, I say he'd just be running around to pick someone now in that mid-range game. Listen, I want to add this. If and this is this doesn't just go for the Jazz or where this just goes for for the teams in general. If you're not doing good shooting from the three, don't keep on shooting the three. Shoot closer. It's common sense. Having you playing the game where you're not you're not hit, uh, hitting it from the three, and your coach tells you you know to, to move in closer, move move inside the line, shoot the mid range, maybe maybe get some layups going, get off from inside the mid range game. There really is a void with the mid range game. There aren't too many guys in the league that have a great mid range. You know, that's that's a void because everybody wants to shoot threes, and and not everybody can shoot threes. You know, not everybody can shoot three. So I need guys to work work it up mid range, man. Come on, I, I need y'all to do it because that's what Jamal Murray was doing. You know, that's how he was scoring along with getting, getting inside and you know the the, the three point uh, line too. But he can shoot, and he was doing that. So it can't really matter right, with that. He was doing his job. He was doing. He was doing. He was shooting. You know, he had ten points alone in in the overtime. He got high. You saw them tra- uh, going back and forth, trading at the end of um, – towards the end of regulation. They were down. The Nuggets were down 109-105. And then they started playing some defense, and then Murray just, you know, scored a gun back in the game. And that was that. Uh, so, yeah. I- I'm really glad, though, to see the uh, intensity, the playoff intensity keeping up, you know, already. Not to say that it wasn't there because it is a first playoff game, but I guess what I'm saying is the Utah Jazz and Denver Nuggets – had that crazy double overtime game during the seeding games. Uh, so I'm glad to see the intensity between those those two teams keeping up. So Jazz, if y'all want to win, win if y'all want to win the next game, you guys gotta come out. You gotta make your shots. All right. If if you don't, it's gonna be a tight game. That says a lot too. The Jazz weren't making their shots and they still almost won. You know, so all all they gotta do is just come out and just come out guns blazing and go make their shots. They gotta get up early though. You know that really I hope about because the Nuggets like to score, and also they need they need to stop them uh, inside the paint. All right, they need to stop them inside the paint. Um, you know, while in transition, the Nuggets have they have a quick a quick fast break. You know, incredible vision from Nikola or from Jamal. So they need to do that, and you need you need to stop their supporting cast. Jeremy uh, Grant, you know, adding in 19 points. Monte Morris adding in 14. Uh, you know, Tory, Tory Craig, 11, Michael Porter Jr., 13. So, yeah, you stop them, then you'll be just fine. You'll be just fine. Now, the next game I want to get into, I'm not even going to spend too much time on this because there really isn't much to talk about. The Toronto Raptors beating the Brooklyn Nets 134 to 110. The Raptors asserted their dominance. Now, I was on and off watching this game. I won't lie. I was on and off watching this game. I didn't even watch the full first half. Because there was less than five, like four or five minutes left in the first half where the Raptors were up 68 to 35. I'm like, yeah, it's done. It's done. I probably went back on my phone and was probably doing some more research with something else or whatnot. So that was 
done for. That was all. They they could have thrown in the towel. <laughs> you know, there's a, you know, it's like rock, Rocket Four out here now. They're not throwing in the towel. Look, if he dies, he dies. And they lost by by 24. Um, I don't mean to disrespect Apollo Creed. I love you, Apollo Creed, so so much. I I was not the same for a while after you after you died in Rocket Four. Um, you know, so yeah. Anyway, though. The Raptors, they just went out there and just showed why they're the, the defending that, uh, the, the defending NBA champions. That's something I think people are forgetting that. They've talked so much about L.A., the L.A. teams. I think people are forgetting that the Toronto Raptors won the championship. Even, even though they don't have Kawhi, they're still the defending NBA champions. I remember uh, uh, last year, you know, LeBron's first season – Without, uh, you know, and with the Lakers, he loved Cleveland. I remember Tristan Thompson, they were talking about how bad the team was. They think I'll make the playoffs. And he made a comment, which uh, he made a statement, which I, I wasn't even mad at. He said that the uh, the Eastern Conference still runs through them because they were the Eastern Conference champions four years, you know, in a row, going to the finals every year. And so for the Raptors, I say that because the Raptors, the path to the finals in the East now runs through the Raptors, even without Kawhi. And boy, they look, I said it, they're a no nonsense team, especially against a team like the Nets in the first round. Okay. You got Pat Pascal Siakam, who went out there, he had a light, yes, I said it, a light 18 11 rebounds. It, it, it was more so Fred Van Fleet, Drake's looking like who just did work. I'm calling him Playoff Freddy from now on. I know y'all call him Playoff Van Fleet or whatnot. I'm calling him Playoff Freddy because it's just it just sounds nicer. It's more cooler, you know. It's more silky with it. You know what I'm saying? Just like his game, you know. Thirty points, eleven assists. The guy was just uh, unbelievable out there. The guy was so he he barely missed. He barely missed. He was eleven for fifteen from the field. He was eight for ten from the three. This guy making franchise history, man. Come on. How many other guys in, in franchise history with the Raptors made a three? What Vince Carter? I want to say yeah, Vince Carter did that um, back in the one playoffs. You know, against my Sixers. Now they lost that series though. Even the Raptors, they lost to my Sixers. So, <laughs> but anywho, he he was just a stumble out there, man. They show why they are still the defending champions, and they are no nonsense. They knew it out there and did and did work. Kyle Lowry coming in, you know, sixteen points, seven rebounds, six six assists. Nice, nice floor game. Nice floor general playing and helping control the pace. Uh, you know, helping defensively too. They just, they just went out there and blew them out. They blew them out, man. Serge, Serge, Serge Ibaka coming off the bench, and that's the thing too because he, they're taking advantage of the Nets because they don't have their regular size with DeAndre Jordan or you know Kevin Durant, Tony Price out there. So you got Serge Ibaka coming off the bench, twenty-two point seven rebounds, especially when, when the Nets guy plays some small ball. I can't be mad at that. They did work, man. They did work. The only players from from the Nets side I can really say did well, you know, had a good game. Yeah, Joe Harris, Joe Joe Harris. I know he was so he was efficient. He had like a good nineteen. But the leading scorer for that team was uh by French brother by the name of Timothy. I don't want to say the full name because I'm I still I don't remember exactly how to pronounce that, but I do know his first name is Timothy. And I do know that he was a former Sixer player, and he just fell on the trend of good players that we give away who end up on good playoff teams, and it's become a norm for the last few years. But I'm not going to go into that and rant about my team because I'm talking about the Nets. 
The Raptors, oh, man, they shut down Karis LeVert, man. They only held him to 15 points. He shot terribly. He did bad. They made him pass a lot. That's why, you know, he had 15 assists, which, yeah, it looks good on paper, but it didn't look good on, on the scoreboard, you know. The only players I can say did well was Joe and, 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 and Timothy. You know, that was it. You know, Karis LeVert, he had five turnovers. Toronto came out. And say, yeah, we, we see we see what you think is the Blazers. And that's the thing, too. Garrett Temple, L, you know, Louisiana, LSU products. Guys like him, Karras, uh, you, you guys you guys got to shoot better. Tyler Johnson, get, uh, getting paid to be a 3 knee player. Y'all, y'all got to shoot better, man. Y'all got to do better. All right, y'all, y'all got to be more efficient. You guys have to come out. You guys have to have the winning mentality of uh, defensive intensity and showing that you can be the defending champions. You got to be out there ready to win. Pretty much, you got to play, the Nets have to play uh, the Raptors the way that they play the Blazers. The Blazers were playing for their life. It was life or death, okay, getting into that play-in. They had a lot at stake. The Brooklyn Nets, they had nothing at stake. They were already a lock for the seventh seed in the playoffs, okay. They were good, they went out there though and played. They said, "No, like we, you know, we wanna, we wanna beat y'all, you know." And it came into the wire. They almost did that. They almost did that. They need to bring that type of attitude, that type of intensity back, and play, and play uh, the Raptors that way. They, they need to, they need, they need, they need to stop them. They need a lockdown. They got to, uh, I, I would say the double team, uh, Fred Van Fleet, and even Pat Passosiaga too. You know, some double coverage. You guys need need to lock lock the paint down when it's coming through. I want to see bodies down there, Jared Allen. I need to see bodies down there, guys. If y'all want to win, if y'all if y'all don't want to win, just let them score on you. You know, every game can be a blowout. Y'all can pack up early and go home. But if y'all want to win, y'all need to do what I said. All right, so that's that. Uh, the next game. Uh, if you know me personally, you know I just reacted this way. And, and um, because the next game is the Boston Celtics versus my Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, I won't lie, when I was watching the game, well, when seeing Jalen Brown get hot in the fourth quarter, which I'll get to in a second, it made me think about, um, you know, it was making me think about my bro, my bro from Cali. Shout out uh, Parker, a.k.a. Parker Spoo, a.k.a. Uh, Spoo the Stud. He's a, a diehard Celtics fan. We've been going back and forth some time. He told me that they were going to sweep us. I say, yeah, you guys probably are. Um, you know, so hey, but you know, I'm still, I'm still hoping that we we can get we can get a win. Um, I, this game didn't prove that we would that we could though. We lost. My Sixers lost. One on one to one on nine. The Boston Celtics won one on one to one on nine. Uh, the Celtics, I mean, like, the Brad, Brad Stevens knows, I've always said this, Brad Stevens knows my 76ers like the back of his hand. When the Celtics got good, when they got better, and then my Sixers got better, he knew how he knew, he knew how to play us, okay? He knew how to, how to defend us. With whatever players he had, they would play us the same way. So it's it just sucks because he got Brad Stevens, who's out coaching Brad Brown every time that they play us. And that was the playoffs. So it's even worse. They're the only team we're going to be playing, you know what I mean, for a bit. And then you got Jason Tatum, who reminds us every time he plays that he could have been the first pick drafted by us. 
that statement, man, he blew the bag, or uh, what was it? He, he, you know, he or she fumbled a bag or this or that. We fumbled the pick. We had the number one pick of the 2017 draft, and we chose Markel Foles. Now, I, I, I support Markel Foles. I'm still rooting for him. Um, we just know that we could have drafted Jason Tatum, you know. And I'm and some some years down the line, there'll be, you know, a lot of talks that you know about how. My Sixers and Los Angeles Lakers chose Markel Fultz and Lonzo Ball before Jason Tatum, you know, to the Celtics. By the way, the Celtics had the number one pick in that draft, but I, I forget what it was that so they didn't want to pay as much money for a number one pick like they would a number three pick. So what did they do? Knowing that our manager was just stupid enough and still are to this day, honestly, they traded down, gave us the number one pick, knowing that we were that we were not looking at Jason Tatum. And uh, they got they got their you know they got their new face of the franchise, one of the best players in the league. So it sucks. I'm hoping that we can you know soul search and maybe stop them. But regardless of all that, the Celtics they did they did terrific. They were down. The Sixers were actually up twenty to thirteen uh, sometime in the first quarter, going to the second. But what did I say? The Sixers love to blow leads. Whether it's the first quarter, the halftime, or the fourth quarter, so they blew the lead, and then it was it was pretty much a tie game after that. Uh, the Celtics eventually would would get a nice you know get a good lead in the fourth quarter. Jason Tatum was doing work, thirty two points, thirteen rebounds. But then the Sixers put Matisse Thybul, uh, rookie rookie defender. He was uh, came out of University of Washington. He was defensive player of the year in in the Pac twelve. Um, you know, he came in and he bothered Jason a bit. You know, he made him take take a couple of bad shots. He forced turnovers. So I I you know I applaud Batiste for coming in and doing doing what he does. But the problem is the Celtics have, if not the best, one of the best wing duels in the league with Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Because then Jalen Brown just came in and he had he had 14 points throughout the first three quarters. He finished the game with 29, ladies and gentlemen. He had 15 in the fourth quarter alone. My team being as terrible as they are defensively, especially in the fourth quarter, forgetting how to play the game of basketball, just let Jalen run all over them. Just just, just go around, just go score. He was five for eight from the yard. All right. He got hot. All right. He scored in the fourth game, and he just, he just, just whap, whap every time, and it hurt. It hurt. Because my Sixers – Actually, before I go on to my section, let me finish off with the Celtics because I'll be a second. Uh, Gordon Hayward, oh, man, dude, I'm sure you guys heard about the bad news with him being out for four weeks due to that injury. I am hoping, you know, the best, you know, get better soon, Gordon. I hate to see the string of bad luck injuries happen like this. Haven't watched you since, Butler, you know, having watched you since Butler University and seeing you improve and just get better with the Jazz. I'm really looking forward to you coming to the uh, – you know, playing with the Celtics and just guy rugging from there. Sadly, it hasn't occurred yet, but just keep your hopes up. Keep keep your head up high. Come back uh, safe and sound and, uh, you know, healthy. Um, you know, Kevin Walker, I love Kevin, man. That guy can score more if he wanted to, but he fits the system. All right, he passes the ball. He makes that extra smart pass. He goes in, penetrates the D, and kicks it out to Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum. I love Kevin, man. 19 points, 5 assists. He did his job. He got Marcus Smart out there doing what Marcus Smart does. Okay, he's one of the best defensive players in the league. He may be. He may be. Uh, well, 
I was going to say maybe the best defensive guard, but I think I'll probably put Drew Holiday first. Or if, there's probably somebody else maybe um, off top of somebody that's coming to mind. But those are two of the best, you know. So that's what the Celtics did. They came back. You know, they played well. They you know, they killed us in, in transition. And he killed us in the fourth quarter. Fourth quarter. While my 76ers, oh, man, y'all ready for this? My 76ers, man. Now, Joel Embiid, I have no problem with Joel. He, 26 points, 16 rebounds. I can't be mad at him. If he watched the game, he saw he came out in beast mode. He was ready to play. He was ready to kill, to kill the Celtics. And nobody on the team can guard him. The Celtics like to play small ball sometimes. That's that's the best time to give the ball to Embiid. Just go in and just let him dunk on him. And sadly, me and a lot of other Sixer fans think that way, but I don't think Brett Brown thinks that way, nor the management. Because what do they do? They don't even pass the ball to him in the last couple minutes of the game. How the hell have a player like Joel Embiid and not give him the ball when he's got freaking uh, uh, Ennis Cantor or Daniel Thayer's on him, all right, or Robert Williams the third on him? How do you not give him the ball? They only lost by by what? By by eight points. Did you imagine if the Sixers gave them the ball, maybe three times, three or four times in, in, in the last in the last couple of few minutes? It would have made a big difference. Probably would have won. Because the Celtics came back and they had a 92-86 lead, and they kept, they kept the lead the rest of the game. Well, my Sixers were just playing messy, forgetting how to play basketball. Um, but no, Joel came out beast mode. Y'all saw that, that crazy step back three he had in the middle, in the middle of the game. Uh, to beat the shot clock. So, yeah, he he came out. He was ready. He's ready to do work. He shot 9 for 12, by the way, from the line. Take note of that, Rudy Gobert. Because you want to miss free throws and whatnot. So, 26 and, and 16, man. Al Horford. Uh, God. I just, I just want to bomb. I just want to cut my eyes up and talk about my sixers, man. It's hard. It's difficult. When you've been a lifelong sixer fan, bro. And you just you've been through you've been through some of the worst teams, man. You've been through through the tanking and this freaking process they keep on talking about. You just well, you just keep on asking yourself when? When? Except no. We got Tobias Harrisire played thirty eight minutes, our highest paid player, one eighty five million dollar max. We gave him the max. And he's playing like the fourth best player on the team or something. Josh Richardson has been the second best player for a team. All right, he's been the second best. Tobias is not looking good, guys. And he is so he, Tobias is so much better than this. Fifteen point six or fifteen from the field. He was taking some bad shots, but I didn't like is that he will take that same fadeaway which he had missed a couple times. Instead of moving to a, a new spot, another fadeaway from somewhere else. Don't do it from the same spot, especially if you're not hitting it right. If you're not from out there, move somewhere else. It may not be your night from that spot. Just move somewhere else. Okay, you got a whole a whole lot of court to go and shoot at. They got Al Horford out there who probably thought he was still a part of the Celtics offense, you know, from time to time. Uh, I would like to see him shoot ball, just shoot more, maybe, maybe get the ball a little bit more and whatnot. But then again, I don't blame him for not giving the ball over. He had three turnovers, you know. Could have been a bit more to give him the ball. So it is what it is. Josh Richardson, eh, I, I won't even complain. You know, he, he did what he could offensively, defensively. Um, you know, he, he did fine for us, 18 points. Second best player on the team right now. Since Ben Simmons is out, so that, that, that's what it is. 
And then Shea Curry, I like calling him Shea Curry, you know, because of what he did before this whole uh, shutdown occurred. He was just lining up on every bite of regular season. Shake Milton, his actual name, he did well support general. Uh, but guys like him, Matisse Thibault, who did well defensively. Alec Burks, you know, Al- Alec Burks, he did well out there. And I say that he did well, even though him and Tobias shot the same. Alec had more points, 18, which contributes to the scoreboard. He played less minutes. He came off the bench. Tobias, you let a guy like Alec Burks, not say he's a bomb, but you're you're getting paid with 85. Yeah, he's people on the team, and you're letting Alec Burks play better than you. You should be ashamed of yourself. The audacity. Same name with you when you play like this. I'm not even trying to go. I'm not even trying to spend the rest of this episode going off because I I really can, but I'm not. The last thing I would like to say with the Sixers is I would like to see you know some guys like Kyle Quinn play, you know about uh Philly play, um you know and that's when see friggin' play a little bit more. My guy, just guys out there that you know are dogs, you know. How about re re and rebounding or maybe having some bodies down in the paint. When it's all just come down, try try to get a layup or a high floor. It would be nice to see that. Sixers got to do better, man. They got to do some soul surgery. They got to make their shots. They just got to come out like dogs and just play with defensive intensity. And then the next thing I'm going to get into is uh, the Clippers Mavericks. Now, what did I tell y'all? Luka's going to have to do it all. He's going to have to do a lot of it. A whole lot. A whole lot. Because, um, well, shit. Yeah, 42 points. That's the most, that is the most points by anybody in their first postseason game. First postseason game, 42 points. Now, am I am I surprised? No. No, I'm, I'm not surprised. This guy is, uh, he's unbelievable, man. He just made the game look so easy. 42, 42 points uh, along with, what was it? I want to say nine. Yeah, I want to say like nine. Yeah, like nine assists. Yes, yeah, so the forty-two points, nine assists. I think he had like like seven, eight rebounds also. But this stat, I this stat I do remember, he had eleven turnovers. So the the forty-two points that had to be done to keep keep the team in the game. You know, they it was a close game. He had eleven turnovers. Eleven. You cut that down in half, they probably would would have won the game. If they were making a run, eleven turnovers, bro. That's what happens when you play a team filled with dogs, man. You get out by, uh, by, you know, you got Kawhi Leonard and Paul George to worry about. And did y'all see? Did y'all see when, um, when, when the in the game when the ball was tipped? I said when the ball was tipped, Pat Beverly's gonna be on him like white on rice. Pat Beverly went, he took the ball. Now he had a, a, an offensive turnover, a bad play, but he let it be known that he was gonna be up in his face all game. And that's what the the old Clipper team did. Each time they was, you know. Luka went down to another part of the court. They would switch off. They would get on. It was physical with them. And I, I really felt in game one, he was really the only player that was ready to play. Hopefully it's a wake-up call for the other players on the team, uh, you know, such as uh, Trey Burke, you know. I hope it's, I hope it's a wake-up call for him. Even uh, Maxie, Maxie uh, Kleber, he could have done better, much better. Uh, you know, Finney Smith, it would have been nice. You know, see, just see, just see those guys do better. Cause I know that they, I know that they're better than that. You know, as, as a supporting cast. Cause Luca had to do it all. He was very efficient too, sixty-two percent from the field by doing that. He had to do it all. But it didn't start off that way. The Clippers, if you watch the game, 
the Clippers came out fifty. They they came out and the score was fifteen to two. They had to call a timeout. It reminded me of uh, like AAU. You know, in AAU when uh the one team just comes out, they get like like a twenty point lead in like the first you know like three minutes. He got to call a timeout, calm the team down. That that's what happened in this game. Uh, Rick Carlisle he had to calm the Mavericks team down, which he did. You know, Luka would go on. He would have eleven points in that first quarter lead. Help with a little run because then they would end up taking the lead in the first quarter, thirty-eight to thirty-four. Luca would, you know, have eleven points in the first quarter, along with a few turnovers. He had eleven turnovers. Half of his turnovers, almost, almost half, came in the first quarter alone. So the Clippers just came out with defense intensity, with fire, like dogs, hellhound smelling blood. They came out ready to play. Right now, the game was tight after that. It was, and then you, you know, you got you. Seth, Seth Curry did well. You know, he did he did his job. Come out the bench, got 14 points. 50, 50% from uh he shot 50% from the arc. Uh, you know. Yeah. But the, the the player I do want to talk about though is Christos Porzingis. Christos Porzingis, half of his points, he had 14, half of his points came from the free throw line. So he did get more aggressive. He was still drawing fouls more. I didn't entirely feel that he was completely ready to play them. All right. I I just don't think he was really he was ready to play. I don't think he was ready to go up against that type of defense, especially down there in the paint. We got to go up against bigs like uh, Montrezl Harrell, just dogs down there. You know, Zubal, you got Kawhi and, and PG is forced to worry about coming up behind you, blocking the shot, or even you know Jermichael Green, just guys that are gonna go out there and they're gonna be up in your face. You see it, and then don't forget about Morris. You know, do not. Forget about Marcus Morris. You know the Morris twins, Philly bread right there. They're going to be up in your face, man. They're going to be up in your face. And that's what happened. Porzingis, I did see the first tag where he punched the air. Um, questionable tag, maybe, you know, but eh, it is what it is, sadly. After that, he should have been smarter, knowing that anything he does could, could, get, could uh, get him kicked out. And what happens in the third quarter? He gets ejected because Luca and Marcus Morris had a little a little face to face when Marcus Morris and Luca were a little like arm wrapped, they were like tangled up a bit. And then he gained just face. Porzingis came to support as the team he should, but he pushed Marcus Morris. He made a contact first with him. We already had a sack. So then he gets ejected. Now was it now was it terrible? Yeah, you could say so. But is it understandable? Yeah. Regardless of the reps are making bad calls or a terrible decision when it comes to tech, you know how they do it. This how this how they all do it, man. It's like, so you can't be surprised if you do something that's gonna get kicked out. Especially if you're the first one to initiate contact. And after that, the Mavericks will kinda of, kinda of go down a bit. That helped them, you know, that helped them lose. Because the Mavericks only scored thirteen points in the third quarter and they were going to lose the game against the Clippers. You know, and then got the Clippers, man. Kawhi Leonard, twenty nine and twelve. Paul George, twenty seven points. They can they can do this. They can do this in their sleep. Now Paul George, he could he could have shot much better from the three. He didn't shoot too well from the three. Uh, overall, though, you know from the field percentage, he did find a little under fifty uh, percent. Hopefully, playoff P comes out and plays better. I don't want I don't want I don't want him to do bad. Um, they their supporting guys did well. Patrick Beverly, he did his job defensively. There was a stat. I think like the first or second quarter, he had like zero points and maybe like three, four fouls. He he ended the game with five, so he could have fouled out. But that's Pat Bailey for you, man. Marcus Morris uh came in and produced with nineteen points, six rebounds since he was starting. 
that's why that's why they picked him up because he knew that he would do this for them. And then the um, then you got you know, uh, then you got <clears throat> sorry, then you got Lou Williams. I love Lou Williams, man. Sweet Lou, we just go out there. He's a scoring machine. You know, a good 14 points. They helped them win. You know, by eight points. So I think for the Mavericks, it was a wake up call for uh, the all the other guys that are not named Luca. And I think that they had to come out the very next game. No one that's ever defense that they're going up against, they should be used to it now. They should know what to expect and be ready to go up and just, you know, beat that defensive intensity and score. They got to score, man. They got to score. All right. They have to match the aggressiveness and intensity of the Clippers. If they can match how much Dottie got on them, they'll be just fine. They'll be just fine. I have no problem with Luca. He's going to do what he does. It's the other guys on the team. Okay. So. That's that for um, the first day. It was the first day you know, of the game ones. Now that now the second day of the game ones. Hopefully you guys are enjoying uh, hearing me speak going to each uh, series game one right now. Hopefully I'm not too long winning or talking too much. You know, hey, this is you know we inside right now. This is you know I like I like to uh, go into, into detail sometimes. I like to show up to each team and go into detail. So. You know, if you like that, you, you're in the right place. Uh, but now I'm going to get to uh, today's game one games for the other series that didn't play yesterday. And um, first off, I start with the Milwaukee Bucks and the Atlanta Magic. Mm. Milwaukee, what the hell is wrong with you? The Atlanta Magic. Who are already home, by the way, come out and beat you 122 to 110? Ain't that supposed to have the best record in the league or something? Or, you know, like one of the best records in the league? You gotta be kidding me. But listen, not only did they ruin, you know, my prediction, I said the Bucks would sweep, like I know a lot of people did, but I was wrong with that, but I was also right. The Magic, the Magic did exactly what I said they had to do if they wanted a chance to win, to win a game and go, you know, and, and more in the series. Nikola Vucevic, man, that guy dominated. 35 points, 14 rebounds. <clears throat> 35 points, 14 rebounds, man. He was efficient from out there, 62.5%. He was 5 for 8 from the 3, 5 for 8, all right? He did work. He had a better game than Giannis. I'm going to just be honest with that. I'm going to get to that in a second. He had a better game than Giannis, okay? He scored, and, and he, was, he was he was not forcing nothing up. He didn't even get, get no fouls. He didn't have no, no, no free throws. There were some times where he could have had a foul, you know, but it's okay. You, you see the shots he was making, them hook shots, them mid-ranges, them threes. Man, he, he, just, he just cannot be stopped. He was unbelievable out there. And then... The whole team, their whole defensive game plan worked terrifically. It bothered the whole team. It bothered Giannis, you know, especially in the fourth quarter when when it counted. They bothered him the whole quarter. Um, you know, Evan Fournier, James Ennis, those guys, they they did real well contributing. Gary Clark coming in, fifteen point six rebounds. Markel Foles, ah oh, yes, this is what I'm talking about. The guy made a three pointer, man. Let's go. 15.6 assists out there, man. Him and Nikola together was looking like Shaq and Penny from 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 the '95 Magic team that went to the finals. Maybe a little over exaggerated, but hey, they won, man, against the Bucks. 
one of the probably the best team in the league. So one or two. They did that to them. That's some that's something you gotta not not I won't say celebrate because you still got serious to play, but hey, that feels good, man. That feels good. Bujovic dominated the foes did well. Terrence Ross, he was actually a bit consistent. As I said, he's be more consistent, stop the inconsistency. Um he he did well. And then, you know, guys like Kane Burris, Wizard, like prop props to um I, I want to give a props to that coach for helping them uh, mentally go into this game. Steve Clifford, props to him. They had the perfect game plan going into this game. The Bucks probably didn't even practice. They probably just slept in, didn't even do a shoot around or nothing. It was just like, all right, it's the magic today. Let's go. And Magic was like, no, nah, they ready to play because they ready to come out and beat them, and they did that. And then I felt like a fool when I listened to my um. When I was listening to my uh, episode talking about prediction with the Magic and Bucks, because that was the first series that I talked about, and I didn't even mention DJ Augustine, bro, who did work last last year. And I should I should have known better. The Magic have a thing for winning game one, and DJ Augustine was was a big part of the the win last year. This time, I mean, maybe he didn't shoot too well. Eleven points, eleven assists. That's the prototype floor general game. Uh, so he he did working with the key piece and then winning, uh, you know, kicking it out, just pen, pen, uh, penetrating the D like a floor general sir. And that team defensively, man, they bought at everybody. Um, it seemed like they were in the um, I did what I saw in the game. They were in the defensive setting where they were. It looked like a zone, but they but the guy would they would really be playing man just like in their area, you know. So I thought that was very smart because they know that Bucks team they like to shoot. They like to shoot, and they can shoot, but they bother him the whole game. Giannis, he looks good on paper, 31.17, rebound, 7 assists. He didn't make a field goal uh, the last quarter, the last 11 minutes of the quarter. He did not do good at all. He did not do well. Orlando made him frustrated. Frustrated, man. They could, and, and also the Bucks, they did bad shooting, 14 for 42 from three. They're usually better than that. You know, they had 16 turnovers, man. The Magic just had a, a stingy defense that was so effective, and that's why they won. Now, even without Aaron Gordon, too, which I think will be, a, a, you know, a, a, a plus for them, man. I think it will be a plus for them. They, I remember seeing a stat, the Bucks trailed the game against the Magic for like 41 minutes, I think, the whole game. You know, they trailed for 41 minutes behind the, the, the Magic. Dating back to the first quarter. Last year, when the Bucks played the Pistons in the AC game, they only trailed 38 minutes in total that whole series. So props off to the Magic doing work, man. They bothered everybody. Chris Middleton shot terrible, 4 for 12. He didn't do good. Only 14 points. You know, Brooke, Brooke Lopez, the Lopez Swims were frustrated. They didn't do well. They didn't do shit defensively, man. Uh, Eric Bledsoe, he looked sloppy out there. Even with 15 points, he just wasn't good. Wesley, Wesley Matthews, he, he, he did his job as a, as a 3 player somewhat, somewhat. George Hill, he came in as a veteran. He was able to get to the hole, so that, that helped him stay in the game a bit. Not for long, though. No. And then Dante, Dante DiVincenzo, Villanova alum. I'm from Southeast Pennsylvania. I'm about 30 minutes, 35 minutes away from the state of Delaware. Dante in high school, they call this guy the Jordan of Delaware. 
He looked like the Moochie Norris of Delaware. And it sucks for me to say that he just did not look good. The ball bouncing off his knee, him slipping and stuff. Now, to be fair, people were slipping and stuff. But still, he just did not look good out there, man. If you're going to be a six-man or seven-man for the top team in the East, you got to go out there and play, baby. So, for the, the Bucks, it's not even so much a shooting or you know, different stuff. They got to go out there and play like the number one team. They got to go out there and play like they have the 56 wins. Um, so, yeah, they need, they, they need to do that. Because they already messed up my, my my prediction. And if they lose another game, they are in trouble. They are in trouble. Now, the, ne- the next game, well, yeah, the next series to look into is the Miami Heat versus the Indiana Pacers. Now, the Heat won this game, 113-101. Now, it wasn't like like that the whole game. It was actually a tight game. Um, most most of the game, it was tight. It really wasn't until the fourth quarter that the Heat were run, run away with the game. Now, at first, though, you know, hey, you had – like, for the Pacers, T.J. Warren, he was not backing down. You know, there was sometimes after a point I would see his, his facial expression like, yeah, Timmy, yeah, talking about Lee. Who's Lee you in? You ain't in mind right now, you know. Um, he, you know, he it was really him and Malcolm Brogdon that did most of the scoring. They did well. T.J. had 22. Malcolm also had – so both of them had 22 points each. Malcolm also had 10 assists. So he did his job as a point guard. Sadly, Victor Aladipo left the game early due to an eye injury. Oh, that, you know, he hope that you also get better. You know what I'm saying? That'll be get healthy and uh, safe and sound, bro. You just come back in no time good because that that was a serious injury. Um, and then, yeah, guys out there that were just, uh, like, like, they had to be taken out early because they weren't doing good. Um, like, Aaron Aaron Holiday, he didn't, he didn't really do much. He only played 16 minutes. He had to be benched for guys like Justin Holiday, his uh, his brother, and you know, Jakar Samson, and just let them go out there and play because then they were helping out being effective for the Pacers. And it was a tight game too, so they were doing well. Uh, the Heat though, they just they just pulled away, man. And why did they pull away? Because of Mister Buckets himself, Mister Playoff Jimmy Butler. That guy's just out there having fun, man. 28 points, bro. Y'all saw him at the end of the game? He had those two big threes. He was two, he was two for two from the three-point line of the game. Both of them were back-to-back with, like, less than three minutes left in the fourth quarter. After that first one, he said, it's money. It's money. And he took another one that was, like, 33 feet. You know what I mean? In TJ's face, whap. Just, he's just sunning TJ right now, man. He's owning TJ right now. TJ got to come back and score 50 on him, on his head, 50 piece on his head. But going back to the Heat, uh, the X Factor, though, who, who really came through, Goran Dragic, 24, 5 assists. Ooh, talking about a dragon. Tyler Hero coming in, 15 points, man. Everybody just reduced, man. They did well. Bam, out of bed, it looked like a grown man with a mouse turn, looked like a little baby. Miles turned nine points, you know, only had nine points. The guy didn't, couldn't even get to a double-double. He didn't even have a double-double. He had less than ten rebounds. If you're going to be the center of that team, I don't want, I don't, I don't want to see you end up like Roy Hibbert, bro. You got to do better than that, man, way better than that. Um, and then you, you know, bam, 17 points, you know, ten rebounds, six, six assists. Their team was effective, man. They pulled away. So I think for the Pacers, not only, did, not only can they, they play the same way as they were already, but uh, – they need to pull away with the game. They need to stop, stop the heat and transition 
and make their shots. They do that. They're good. They're good. It's, it's really it's really just about just taking a game away. All right, running running with them. Okay, so that's that. Uh, the next game to get into the second to last game, Rockets and Thunder. Now Rockets won one twenty three to one hundred eight. Similar with the Raptors, the Rockets they just took over the game. They just took over. Eventually, they just took over and ran and ran with it. Uh, you know when when I was watching the game, I mean it was it was it was kind of close. It wasn't a double digit lead after the first quarter, but then at halftime, the Thunder had fifty two points on the Rockets at sixty eight. You know, it, it it was it was bad, and then because the score was eighty three to one hundred four at the end, end of the third quarter, all right. So the game was pretty much done by that point. Um, for and you probably think you know what the hell happened with the Thunder? I thought this was a four or five series. It is. Chris Paul did work. You know, he he did what he does. I mean, Chris Paul's one of the best ever, man. So he's gonna do what he do. Um, you know, he shot fifty fifty percent. He shot 50%, 20 points, uh, 10 rebounds, and 9 assists. I'm trying not to say 50 like that. You know, sometimes, sometimes you know, when I start getting going, my talk my is going to uh, increase a little bit. I'm trying to limit that a bit. You know, pronounce my words, the fines and whatnot. So he shot 50% from the field. That was better. But uh, the supporting cast, as far as that, Daniel Gallinari, the rooster, he did work. He did his job. He had 29. I, I can't. You know, I can't be mad at that. He did out. He did what he could defensively, but he produced offensively. He was the leading scorer for his team. Guys like No No uh, Nerlens Noel, Dennis Schroeder, they didn't do shit. They didn't do nothing for them. You know, shot. You know, just Alexander. He, he he didn't have a good game. He didn't have a good game. You know, Stephen Adams did similar with Woody Gobert. Stephen Adams did what I I thought he would do. You know, just coming seventeen points, twelve rebounds. You know, just just good enough. You know, for the uh, the Thunder. Um, you know, Terrence Ferguson. Terrence Ferguson was one of James Harden's victims in this game because James Harden just went off. All right, James Harden was going to have uh, thirty-seven points, thirty-seven points, and, and eleven rebounds. You know, you see, he's a beast. James Harden, James Harden doing James Harden things. Especially with with Westbrook out, with Westbrook in, he he can still drop thirty seven. The lead would just be bigger, you know. But now without him, the lead lead's gonna be a little bit more tight. But he's still gonna have thirty seven, you know. He he did work, man. He did his job. He took over, and not just that, but his support. Just like I said, his supporting cast. Those four guys, those four guys that I named: Daniel House Jr., P.J. Tucker, Robert Covington, and um, Jeff Green. They did they they did their job. They did well. Now Jeff Green was, you know, twenty twenty two points, you know what I'm saying? He did well. They did their job defensively. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. Jeff Green, you know, twenty two, six rebounds, four assists. He got hot. He got hot from out there. He was efficient. Uh Daniel House, Robert Covington would have been nice to see a little bit more scoring from them, but it wasn't needed. They just did their job defensively and bothered. Uh, the Thunder backcourt, you know, on the fast break and whatnot in the paint. P.J. Tucker, he did his job as usual with the points, you know, 11 points. Uh, three for eight from the arc, you know, that's fine. He made sure to bother the players down there while on the fast break whenever they dish it down to the paint. He was doing P.J. Tucker things, man. So, and then you got Eric Gordon, who dropped 21. You know, we, we know this guy can get out fast if he wants to. It was, it was after a while, this wasn't a game. The Rockets just came in and just took it from them. I think James Harden was really ready to play. 
the Thunder because of the criticism with Chris Paul and everything. Not to say that they're enemies, but they're not friends. So I know you came into this game ready. All right, so Thunder, y'all got to get your act together, man. Y'all want to win. Y'all want to do well in the series. I got y'all. I got you winning two games. Just win two games for me, you know? So now, and I'm sure a lot of y'all been waiting for this. <laughs> As you see, I had to go through all – I went to go through all the other games, all the other teams. But now I'm saving the best for last. The Los Angeles Lakers and the Portland Trail Blazers. Mm-mm-mm-mm. All my Lakers fans, all my Blazers fans. <laughs> the Blazers won 100 to 93. Now, what the hell happened? Because the Lakers are in trouble. The Lakers were already in trouble once the Blazers took the eighth seed, in my opinion. I'm sure they would have been grateful if it was the Grizzlies or if it was the Suns playing. Any other team, any other team but uh, from the eighth seed and below from the Western Conference. But he had to get the Blazers, who's honestly way better than just being an HC. They're really they can really be a top five team. But as I said, the slow start, you know, hampered them. So they're an A spot. But this is such an even matchup. Oh, I, I cannot wait. I cannot wait to talk about this, man. I've had to, you know, keep my energy up and everything, keep, you know, the allergies away and stuff so I can talk about this game, man. Same time. 34 points, five rebounds, five assists, CJ, 21. They had CJ and Dane combined for more than half of the Blazers' points. They had 55 together, man, 55. Nobody on that team can guard him. What am I trying to tell y'all, man? Come on, Lakers? <laughs> oh, man. Oh, when I when I get when I go on the Lakers, bro, this this gonna be this gonna be hilarious for me because I'm not even a Lakers fan. But I know a lot. Of, I know you got a lot of uh, Lakers fans out there, so I can't wait to get into that. Um, yeah, Dame Dame and CJ went off, man. Now I do know there was a period where Dame and that scored um, in the second half because you know he probably slowed down a bit, got tired. Lakers started to bother him more. They started to actually play like a team. You know, and, um, you know, get a little run and come back. Because the Blazers were up. The Blazers were up. Just killing them. Straight up, up and down. Um, but Dame, Damian Lillard would have, it would take him a whole quarter and a half for him to get his first field goal. And then he just went went out from there, man. You saw, you saw, saw the three-pointers he made, 30, 36 feet and everything. But then when he came back down and he started doing that little shimmy, that dance, I said, oh, <laughs> he's just toying with them. And that, was real, and that was, as you said, you know, the East Oakland uh, anthem came out, so he had to get done real quick. That was uh, Blow the Whistle by Too Short. For those who uh, were not around during, you know, not, that were not that old to remember Blow the Whistle when it came out in the mid-2000s. I'm sure you guys remember from 2K13, because I know I do, you know, Blow the Whistle. Do, do, do. Oh my gosh. Do, do, do. It's day and time. And he just went off, man. He he did, he did he does what he does. But the difference was the Blazers came in. And you saw it after the game. The Blazers came in ready to beat the Lakers. They knew they could beat them. And they did. Camilo Anthony, he produced 11 points and rebounds. I was glad to see him out there doing well, being aggressive defensively, even if that means five fouls, you know. 
This American 16 points, 15 reels. He's a double-double machine. What did I say? When he gets a double-double, they win. What happened last night? He got a double-double, they win. Boom. Hassan Whiteside was a beast on defense. A beast. You'll see those blocks he had, those clutch blocks, man. He had five blocks on solo. Telling y'all, man. They've 